You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO the Buns Podcast. How was your week? Up to any good trades? I'm trying to finagle a deal for some field trip passes right about now. So uh, if you got one, hook me up. Other than that, uh, I don't know what to say. The interview this week is with the curator and founder of Retro Ontario. If you don't know what that is, keep listening. But right now, we got This Week in Buns. Hey guys, welcome to This Week in Buns. Hi Buns. Yeah, so uh, like you said, oh fuck, you didn't say that earlier. Because <laughs> we had to recut this whole thing, but it has been a crazy week for crazy shit on Buns. Yeah, we have some weird posts. Yeah, I'm going to start us off light, though, with uh, a bunch of lawn flamingos that I might have to trade for. Leah says, hey, Buns, I have like 20 lawn flamingos that need homes, brand new and bigger than dollar store ones, ISO, open to offers. I'll give her everything. I love flamingos. I love lawn flamingos. I don't even have a yard, but I'd figure it out. I have one that died, a lawn flamingo. It's like all white now. Well, maybe you should get all of these and have a yard of nothing but flamingos. It sounds like my dream yard, to be honest. It would be the talk of the neighborhood for sure. You know, you could get those and then you could also get the things that I have in the other post, which is... Oh, tell me more. Um, 60 lawn sheep. <laughs> what? Which is like a little more unusual than the flamingos. So Angelina posted in the main trading zone, um, happy 60th birthday. Know anyone celebrating their 60th, 50th, or 40th, or any birthday under 60? Want to litter their lawn with handmade foam board sheep? I made them for my dad. They're mounted on long skewers, perfect for lawns and dirt. Um, They are amazing. There's a photo of her sitting amongst these 60 like foam lawn sheep. Uh, and one of them says happy 60th birthday dad, which is why it would be perfect, uh, for someone who was using it for the exact same thing. However, I think she's trading them individually. Like there's so many sheep. Sounds amazing. And they look kind of like over it. Like they look like they're over your shit. So they're pretty funny. Nice. But yeah, you could just do like a flamingo sheep lawn. Uh, do yeah. it, do it. <laughs> just a plastic petting zoo. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you could personally wear the bear coat from the other weird post. Oh, yeah. Do you see this? It's amazing. It has claws. Uh, this guy, Mike, posted it, and he says, it literally, the whole post just says, bear coat, make an offer, not sure what I'm looking for. And then it's a picture of someone wearing the bear coat, and it's like, the bear's head goes on your head, and it's like stuffed. And has like it looks like your head is in its mouth basically because you have like a like a teeth above your head and then it has like bare arms. Or like if you ever if you've ever seen a movie with like 
I don't know, primitive people where they just like wear a bear's sort of like head on their head. Yeah. So some insight for you, though. It's actually from the TV show Workaholics. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that show in so long. Yeah. So this is actually um, an item that they highlight in the show Workaholics. And it might even be official merchandise because my buddy Daryl, who is a bun, um, also has this, this exact same coat. Really? Yeah. That's kind of amazing. I mean, perfect for a Halloween costume uh, that when people ask what you are, you say the right to bear arms. Nice. Pun, pun costume? Well, okay, so speaking of wearing things, I don't know if you saw this, but Caitlin says, buns for buns with bums. Uh, Want to let it all hang out while still hiding your shame? I'll be honest, I don't really get the point of this. But it's a fake butt, and my boyfriend finds it <laughs> hilarious. So it's essentially that, uh, uh, and there's photos. It's like a fake butt that you wear on top of your clothes, and it just looks like a butt. I did not, but I would love to see this post. I did not see it. That sounds amazing. Why? And, and, and my favorite comment on this is the, you know, the like little why though photo that is. Yeah, yeah so popular on the internet someone just posted that because, because <laughs> i mean yeah. i want to know why what are you doing with this fake butt and of course one of the one of my favorite posts as well is this post is asinine <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, that that should be in the puns trading zone that's what they said underneath Whoops, <laughs> should, should have saved this for puns trading zone that's my zone um okay so speaking of butts there was a like nudie ashtray that is amazing and honestly i don't smoke but i want it um it's definitely gone already because it's fantastic uh it's literally so one side is um it's the ashtray and it's like a naked lady and her boobs are like 3d like super well her boobs are super 3d and the rest of her is normal 3d and then it says turn me over and on the other side it's her 3d butt and it says, for your hot butts and ashes, <laughs> which is great because yet another pun. Yeah. Um, and it's also just like so sweet and retro. Some about like nudie retro things, they're like way more charming, you know? Yeah, yeah. My mom used to run a store and used to have all the sorts of stuff in her store. Really? Yeah. Your mom sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she ran like a 50s uh, antique store. That's great. Yeah, so where do we go from here? It's all downhill we, from butts. Well, we, we talk about moms. So Jen posts, uh, this is my mom's first buns trade. And it's a photo of Aww. what I assume is her mom and somebody that had just traded with her. And it's her birthday too. My mom has always been a huge fan of buns and gets so excited about all of our trades. She loves the buns concept of upcycling items you no longer need want for something that you're looking for. Her first trade is with Julian. Uh, he needed a lamp uh, in Kingston and my mom was coming up for her birthday and brought the lamp in exchange for a lovely bottle of wine. So the Buns community has just grown by one. I love Buns moms. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I also love when people post about their moms doing Buns trades, um, presumably because like, m- a, they want to, like, tell everyone how cool their mom is, but, like, moms are not always the best 
with knowing how to uh, use the internet. <laughs> so right. I think it's cute when people like do it on their behalf. <clears throat> um, speaking of moms, uh, so most of the posts we have this week are like silly and weird and fun. But there is this one serious post that ended up having a pretty, I think it have ended up having a happy ending, though I don't have um, like a super update quite yet. Uh, though I'm pretty sure it's going, this in, is incredibly long, so I'm not going to read it for you. But just as a quick summation, um, somebody posted on the main zone that this was kind of a hard post for them to make because they're a single mom who's self-employed, uh, recently split from an abusive relationship, and um, was about to start, in order to make a little bit of extra income, um, doing Airbnb for some of the, like, for the extra room in their house. Um, and this person also has, I mean, obviously I said they're a single mom, <clears throat> and they have, like, a young kid that they're in the middle of, you know, trying to take care of. And she had a friend who was supposed to help her paint her house um, and asked if they could borrow money, and she said no because money was really tight for her right now. Uh, this person ended up using... She gave this person her debit card to go buy paint so they could paint the house. This person ended up taking $140 out of her account to get drunk. Uh, and so she understandably didn't want this person to help her anymore because she was upset with them. And Buns came to the rescue hardcore because this post has over 100 comments. And everyone is either bumping it and sending their condolences um, for the shitty situation that she was in. But so many people offered to help either with Airbnb, um, like people who'd Airbnb'd before offered to help her with that. People were offering her paint. So many people offered to help paint. And it was just really heartwarming to see everyone really rallying around this single mom. Um, the final uh, edit was that it was the final push to get this place finished today and tomorrow. So I... Uh, and they still needed help with uh, odd jobs in painting. That was on the 21st. Um, so hopefully they got everything done because obviously like people had been helping already. I don't know. I just thought it was it was really nice to see so many people offering to help her for free. Yeah, I mean that's one of the my favorite things about buns. Yeah. So that was great. Uh Good job, guys. Okay, well, let's talk about some helping posts then because right. I've got one serious one and then one uh, funny one to bring us back. Um, Farah posts, Dear Buns, I'm sorry to be a bummer and rain in with this post, but my friend Frank has been missing as of Friday morning. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, this was, this was uh, May 22nd. Last seen at McDonald's at 356 Young Street. It has taken me three days to track his home address to find out last night he did not make it home. I'm sick to my gut thinking that maybe uh, I made a mistake waiting to call the police, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to blah, blah, blah at all. But anyways, the point of the story is that he's missing. Uh, it's been picked up by Global News. Sure. Uh, and there's a post on the Toronto Police website. There's a photo of the guy. A and that was people... a week ago now, so... Yeah, um, a lot of people posting on this post, including one an hour ago, uh, asking if this has been reported on television. If so, uh, it's 
pretty disturbing that something just dis- someone disappears and then nothing. This was an hour ago, so there's still no resolution here. Um, so definitely have a look at this post, and if you know anything, kind of get on that. Get in touch, yeah. Yeah, um, and oh, to to kind of swing back around because we have to go from super serious to super ridiculous. Um, Sheridan posts ISO photoshopping buns. This is probably a post for you here because it's all about crazy photoshops. She's got a picture of her cat and herself in a silly pose and asks people to photoshop um, the cat into a bunch of other funny photos. Yeah, this was amazing. Uh, This post and one other get my vote for best post of the week. Oh, personally. this is amazing. The photoshops that people did in this are fantastic. The cat's name is Tofu, so people were like photoshopping it into Tofu or uh, photoshopping it into like the scene from the Titanic <laughs> with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, like top. I'm you know I'm you know at the top of the ship. Right. It's like he's whispering in the cat's ear. Uh, somebody actually did that. Why though? Meme, but with the cat's face instead of the dude's face. Yeah. Um, a bunch of people did the cat. The cat in the position that he's in, he has his legs spread and his arms out. And so people were photoshopping him, like, doing yoga <laughs> and, like, meditating. Right, um, there, Like, this post was hilarious. Like, if you guys haven't seen it, somebody put the cat in Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's um, a pretty good one. It's so good. Like, these Photoshop posts are always good. Oh, there's a really great one of the cat riding with the closing time guy on the front of the bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like cat and as Jesus in the middle of the Last Supper with his arms out. That one's so good. <laughs> nice. Shout out to Zachary for the Last Supper cat because that one was hilarious. So uh, what else you got on tap for us? Well, okay. So the other, I feel like it's all downhill from the other best post of the week because I only have two after that. But my other favorite post of this week was the mystery uh, cocoon husk peanuts on the TTC. So Susan posted on the helping zone buns. The other day I was minding my biz while riding the 506, and then I looked to my right and saw a horrifying sight. I asked somebody to tell me what the hell the thing at the top is, a giant peanut? Uh, And really what on earth is going on? Um, Photos in the comments. Uh, because it's the TTC and we all know that's gross. So if you go into the comments and you open it, there's a photo and in the, the aisle seat, there's like a giant wet stain. Yeah. And next to it is two mystery objects that it literally looks like the husk of a giant peanut or two giant peanuts like propped next to each other. And the extra weird thing is Susan said uh, that when she was on the streetcar, she saw someone sitting there. Like, she saw the person sitting there, and then the person, and thought nothing of it because she couldn't see the weird things on the seat. The person got up and left, leaving behind them a wet seat and a weird, like, alien husk. Um, People are trying to figure out what this is in the comments. I don't think we've still figured it out. The closest thing, um, Andy posted morel mushrooms. Which do look similar in shape, uh, but it's I, huge it, though. It's it so has huge. a totally different uh, 
totally different look to it. Like the morel mushrooms have a very distinct like pattern on them. They don't look as dry. Like they almost look like dry wood peanut. I don't know what's happening. But um, if anyone is a good photo sleuth, go take a look at this and help us figure out what the heck this thing that somebody left on the TTC is because inquiring minds want to know and no one's figured it out yet. Right. Yeah, okay, Super well, weird. I got a couple, um, I got a couple here for you. Go. I have, um, our friend is up at it again, uh, the girl who always orders too much food. My favorite bun. <laughs> Anna Simone, um, is, uh, ordered too much pizza this time at Young and Bloor, and it's ISO coconut milk or some kind of breakfast cereal that your parents wouldn't let you buy. So <laughs> keep up the keep up the good work. You know? Share that share that food. Share I that I feel wealth. like we should have a running I should make a running list um of every single post of hers where she's ordered too much food. Cause I think we're up to like six or seven now. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's great. It's so it's great. It should just be a, a segment. She should just have her own pinned post that she can update every single time she orders too much food, to so be the, honest, at this point. The, the last one I'll throw at you before uh, I finish up mine is uh, host of the Crystal Ballroom, Vanessa, posted that uh, downtown by Trinity Bellwoods, they were giving out free ice cream uh, that's called Kraken Black Summer. Weird. Which has which has booze in it. What? Boozy ice cream. Kraken spiced rum ice cream. That sounds weird, but ah, free booze. Cream. Sounds sounds amazing. It's a mixture of two of my favorite things. Not that I love Kraken, but just booze. Booze and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I have one um post of somebody trying to be helpful and trying to find someone. So maybe Buns can help out with this. It's on the main trading zone. Um, Cassandra, who I'm guessing works at Madoko, uh, which I believe is like a fancy stationery and like art supply store, right? Mm -hmm. um, is ISO the customer who was in Madoko who told them about how much they love Laurentian colored pencils, um, which I'm sure most people who are Canadian and were children in like the 80s and 90s will remember. Um, it pretty much always has, <clears throat> there's a photo here of it, and they pretty much always had a picture of like a snowy cabin on the front. Um, and so this person was like, I'm ISO, the customer who told me how much they love Laurentian colored pencils, because I was going through some of my dad's things and I found these old colored pencils, still want them. Um, so if you or someone you know was the customer at Madoku, uh, who wanted Laurentian colored pencils, get in touch with Cassandra because they want to make all of your colored pencil dreams come true. I, they, they like don't really make these anymore. They either don't make them or they're incredibly hard to find. So it would be kind of cool, I think, if we could reunite this person with the colored pencils they were ISO. I hear you. Um, <clears throat> and then the last post I have um, was one of the weirdest and probably most expensive uh, curb alerts that I think has ever been posted on Buns. Ooh, tell me more. 
So somebody posted. Um, hold on, I can't find it. <laughs> somebody posted huge curb alert. Some fucking idiot just left behind a helmet to a set of Mjolnir powered assault armor lying on the goddamn street. Guys, this is top grade military tech from the future. Obviously, I'd grab it, but I'm a conscientious objector and have no need for tools of war. Um, I don't know if it's, it's probably gone, <laughs> but this is like one of those super expensive. I guess it's a is it a motorcycle helmet? You saw this thing, right? Oh, it's a. Well, I don't know if it's a motorcycle. It's a, it's a Master Chief's helmet from. Um... From, uh, well, fuck, why am I drawing a blank on the name of this game here? Halo. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just a dress-up helmet. Maybe it's, uh, you could actually use it as a helmet and look badass. I'm not sure. Yeah. You can't tell. It's, like, in the box, uh, and it's all, like, shiny, and people were kind of, like, freaking out in the comments. I don't know if anyone from the comments ended up getting it. Somebody said that they went to get it, put on pants and everything, but it was gone. Damn. Um, so someone got it, but I don't think, I don't know if it was a bun. If you were a bun and you got this fancy helmet, uh, let us know. Yeah, definitely. I'll send us <laughs> photos. Pix, pics or it never happened, right? Exactly. Um, and then the last thing we got for you... Um, the Lego Simpsons house, uh, uh, which oh, I yeah. didn't even know was a thing, uh, right. and sadly has been traded, or I feel like Koji would scoop it up. Yeah, pretty pretty sweet. Pretty unreal, this Lego Simpsons thing. But yeah, I didn't even realize this was a thing, um, and it's literally traded already, but it's like... It's super cool if you even just want to go look at the pictures. It's the entire Simpsons house made of Lego, and it opens, like, it's hinged in the middle, and it opens, like, a dollhouse, and then it even has, like, the bedrooms upstairs, and, like, the kitchen, and the, like, p purple piano, and it's super cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've never I seen such a thing for sale but uh, i'm sure you know someone's gonna send me a link or something but like pretty sweet it's got to have been a thing and not just somebody made this because it has like a hinge like a dollhouse like it opens but i feel like it's almost like a special edition thing or something maybe yeah 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 sadly it's gone yeah anyway uh that has been this week in buns um you got anything you want to say before we uh, let the people go um no, that's it. That's all the posts that I got. Other than right. keep on bunsen. <laughs> Sorry, well, I beat you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye, buns. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So let's talk interview this week. I sit down with Ed the owner and operator of Retro Ontario. If you don't know what it is, it's essentially a place to catalog all retro TV coming out of Ontario. So old commercials, it, VJs, if you remember what that is, when they used to have those on like YTV, the new VR, that sort of thing. All sorts of weird clips. Started off as a YouTube channel 
And now it's almost like a historical preservation. So I would definitely have a listen if you're into things retro. Here's my interview with Ed. Why can't I feel it? Can you feel it? Why can't I feel it? Can I feel it? No, I was not in life. Hey, Bun. How's it going today? So I am here in the Buns HQ with Ed Conroy, head of Retro Ontario. That's right. Um, I I was just about to describe it, but I feel like maybe you should describe it because I won't do it justice, really. Okay. So Retro Ontario is a uh, online exhibition across most platforms. So we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we celebrate Toronto, uh, obviously all of Ontario, but mostly Toronto, pop culture from 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, some Barry too, right? You got the new VR in there. We rock a lot of Barry. I mean, a lot of it comes obviously from uh, old recordings that were made of, of television. Right. So, you know, when you grew up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Toronto, uh, you know, those channels out of Barry or even out of Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Uh, were all channels that we watched for our favorite shows. So sure. a lot of that content ends up in our collection. And you guys, did you start off as a YouTube channel? Yeah, so it's the, actually the 10th year, uh, which is a bit crazy. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. So yeah, I mean, I, I sort of jumped on YouTube right when it started in 2005. I saw it uh, as obviously a, a massive leap forward in, in, in exhibiting video content. Mm -hmm. And uh, just over the last 10 years, it's grown into this massive thing that uh, sort of takes up a lot of my time now. So it's great. That's awesome. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a second, but let's just start in the beginning. Did You, you obviously grew up in Ontario I, I did Scarborough yeah Scarborough yeah and uh what immediately just became enamored with uh Ontario based media how did how did the love for this whole thing start yeah I mean I was a total uh child of television uh you know I spent a lot of my formative years watching you know the shows and uh I always loved the city and I saw the city you know, evolve. Uh, I was born in 76. Yeah. So really the eighties and the nineties were like, you know, the heyday for me. And like I said, when this technology came around in, in the mid two thousands that allowed us to find this audience of like-minded people, yeah. and not just people my own age, but you know, younger people that, you know, never, they don't remember when there were only 20 channels on television or right. there was no YouTube. Um, and for them seeing a lot of this stuff, you know, it's like Martian television. It's like, the yeah. weirdest thing ever right. um and then so yeah it's sort of an educational vibe it's also just sometimes it's quite funny to look at these old things yeah um, but you learn a lot about the history of the city yeah I, do, there's, I mean for me and i'm sure for a lot of people who are kind of grew up around the same time as you there's also a huge nostalgia factor there you know seeing the old global logo or um you know like i mentioned earlier the new vr or something is just Kind of crazy because I remember all the weird little sort of um, they had like VJs, I guess, or I, I don't know what you would call them. The guys who would introduce the shows before they would come on. And yeah, the VJs. Yeah, yeah it's almost like a, a, a lost art these days. They don't really do that anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, part of this, what, what becomes apparent when you look at this is, you know, yes, it was antiquated. Yes, there were only 20 channels. But at the same time, they worked so hard to make those channels interesting. Right. And like you said, you know, on obviously much music was the 
the the main channel with the VJ personalities, but mm-hmm. you know YTV had their version of that. They were yep. called the PJs, right? Um, and you know, obviously, a huge chunk of, of people grew up watching, say, PJ Phil. Yeah, that's know, the first was, one that comes to of mind. Of course, I mean, an absolute classic. Uh, you know, I call him a Canadian uh, television hero. Absolutely, uh, that shaped so many young lives. And you know, I think it's a bigger issue in Canada that we don't celebrate our uh, pop culture heroes in the same way that say the Americans do. Yeah. And so a guy like PJ Phil, you know, he's a he's a big part of Retro Ontario because we're sort of putting his material back out there for people to be nostalgic about or yeah. to discover it for the first time. And that weird TV character that he partnered Snit. with. Snit, yeah. Uh, the you, purple uh, sort of bubblegum television. Yeah. You, you got all the names down. <laughs> I guess you would have to if, if you're doing this stuff. Now, I feel like you said you've been doing this for like 10 years, but now seems like the perfect time for this sort of thing because the nostalgia factor is is very high. I know that Video and Arcade Top 10 recently had like a little reunion party going on. They're talking about rebooting Reboot, mm-hmm. the TV show and stuff. So it seems to all fall into this wheelhouse. What was the first program that uh, or you know piece of Retro Ontario that you put up there for people to see? Um, you know, the one thing that jumped out at me back in, I guess, 2005 or 2006, right, when YouTube started, yeah. you know, I noticed that a lot of Americans and British people were, were putting up sort of their nostalgic stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking at it as a, as a user as opposed to a content provider. And I was looking for a, a children's show called Polka Dot Door, which might oh, have been yeah. a little bit before your time. No, I definitely... It was a classic you know, show that ran in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s mm-hmm. with Pokeroo. And I couldn't believe that there wasn't even one frame of Polka Dot Door on YouTube. And I thought, yeah. you know, that needs to be addressed. So I sort of dug up a clip and put it up there and, you know, thinking there might be a little bit of interest. But, you know, I had no idea that there was a massive, uh, you know, hunger for this kind of thing. Right. So. so it started with Polka Dot Door. Polka Dot Door is kind of the first, I would say, the one that kind of blew up and went sort of viral. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but around that time, they kind of brought brought back Pokeroo and you started seeing them at oh, events. Really? I mean, they would never admit that that because TV Ontario is a very strange organization in that they are kind of like afraid to talk about their past. Huh. And, you know, people come and go. These broadcasters, they, they have a huge turnover rate. So it's not like there's people that are there now that were there then. Sure. Um, and, you know, people maybe don't like to dwell on the past. But, you know, if something works, if something's cool, then why would you be ashamed of that? Why right. wouldn't you celebrate that? So. Well, one of the most epic buns trades in recent memory, kind of heartwarming sort of deal was there was a uh, a lady on buns with uh, a brother who had special needs who was uh, obsessed with Sharon Lois and Bram. Okay, yeah. And was able to, through buns, procure all the episodes of, wow. of Sharon Lois and Bram from, from the actors themselves. And uh, I feel like you would think that in this day and age, it's... It's seemingly impossible that, that there's media that exists out there that's not available online. And I guess part of that is because of what you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a messy situation because a lot of the master tapes for these programs, yeah. um, they weren't kept. So, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, they're looking at a warehouse full of tapes and they say, well, why are we paying storage for this? We're not going to ever show it again. Yeah. And this was before, you know, the DVD revolution. So nobody saw any value in it. So they basically destroyed them or wow. recycled them. Okay. And so what ends up happening is people that were at home using their own VCRs mm-hmm. to say, record a movie or a sporting event you know often if you remember those days you'd just press record and you'd go out and you'd just leave the tape running and so you would accidentally record uh, the commercials or the shows that say came on after the movie or the sporting event and so through complete accidental uh, happenstance these things existed on people's home recorded tapes as opposed to the broadcaster so there's been a lot of things that that we've come across in the last 10 years where literally the only copy in existence is somebody's VHS Um, but that's cool that the elephant show the Sharon Lewis and Bram was still there yeah because yeah. a lot of them aren't. I mean, it's kind of shocking. Well, I think they got lucky somehow. The actors, the actors still had it, yeah. had it, or or knew somebody who had it, or whatever. But uh, it's actually funny because um, another podcast that I do that is on this podcast network. If you want to check it out, podcast.buns.com uh, is a show called "You Got to Love It," where people challenge us to watch uh, really horrible media, <laughs> and then we okay. have to find things to love about it. Okay. And one of those pieces of horrible media was. The uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh yes, of course. But the version that we found, because I we got it online, had all the commercials from when it originally aired on TV. Nice. And for us, that was our favorite part. Of course, yeah. Which which were like those. I, I don't even know. It's just like some of it just <laughs> so dated that you're like, there's no way that this would exist as a commercial. Now, where do you guys? find most of the stuff so yeah like i said i mean a lot of it comes from uh estate sales or garage sales or thrift stores and we look for uh people's home recorded tapes yeah and you know it's amazing you would think most of these things didn't survive because people move and they they recycle and they throw things out but even you know last week i came across a bunch of home recorded tapes that were from the early 1980s and they were in pristine condition wow they had all the commercials in them they had all the you know at the end of the day back back when they didn't broadcast for 24 hours so you know after midnight they would play the national anthem and yeah. would go to color bars right, right they would right, do right. a sign off and each channel had their own variation of the sign off they called it and they would say you know thank you for watching uh, city tv today We'll be back in a couple hours until then, you know, have a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And this stuff is endlessly fascinating because, yeah, I mean, the commercials really show what it was like uh, in Toronto in in those times because it's a a mirror, a reflection of the culture, more so than I would say a film or or a television show even. Absolutely, because the commercials kind of get at the interest of the people watching the shows or what they perceive the interest of those people to be. You know, as an example, when I was talking about that uh, Star Wars thing, it must have been something in Michigan because there was a lot of commercials for like uh, um, cars and 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 other items made in America, and there was a commercial for the Union yeah. and stuff. So you can kind of <laughs> see the concerns of the people at the time. Are you ever worried that uh, 
because I don't know how copyright works with some of this stuff. Are you ever worried that someone's going to be like, hey, shut that down? Yeah, I mean, look, we're not ever trying to exploit any of this content. And, you know, there are people out there that do that, sure. you know, that broadcast stuff they don't have the rights to. Yeah. And, and, and we lead with the caveat that if there's anything that we have uh, hosted, if you want it taken down, absolutely. We've mm-hmm. had... You know, people, actually an actress who was on YTV, I won't name her, but uh, she sent me an email and said, I'm really embarrassed about this clip. I look horrible in it. Can you please take it down? And of course we did. Um, just the one clip though. Just one clip. Yeah. Oh, just, wow, okay. just, I guess she was having a bad day and she didn't like that particular skit. Yeah. Um, but no, for the most part, I think people are very uh, encouraging and, and they're happy to see their brand being talked about. I mean, I have a lot of television commercials from McDonald's and from Coca-Cola and, you know, these are big multi, multi billion dollar global companies that they could destroy me in in a millisecond if they (laughs) wanted to, but they're just happy that people are interested in their history. So it's cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, so now it's more than a YouTube channel, right? You said there's YouTube, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's all these other things. How do you kind of keep up with it all? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you know, each, as you know, each platform has its own kinks and its own sort of there's people are interested in a certain thing. There's an age demo, I think, that's different on Facebook than, say, that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So we try and uh, give the each audience what what they want. And, yeah. you know, it is, it is difficult. And because it's a hobby, it's not like we're making any money off this right uh we sort of do it when we can but you know we get a lot of people donating material so that's been a great thing over the last little while is people saying you know i see that you're looking for you know this clip from uncle bobby here's you know one from my personal collection so it once it started to snowball it kind of it got a lot easier so and is there one that you're particularly fond of or a type of you know whether it be show commercial whatever that is like specifically your favorite yeah i mean there's so many really i i I absolutely always uh point to the the eaton center commercials from the 80s whoa you know it's kind of you you think about the idea of the eaton center having a television commercial now it seems absurd but in the 80s they were really big on doing these spots where they had you know one of them has people break dancing one of them has people running around the eaton center and it's you know, about as 80s as you can imagine with, you know, sprayed hair and ridiculous outfits. And it's like they're all they all have these great songs and they're like, you know, check out the Eaton Center. It's the heart and soul of Toronto. Yeah. And it becomes apparent that like back then there was this real pride in things like physical spaces that are commercial um, that nowadays, you know, they wouldn't be bigging that up like they did back then. So whenever I find and it's not like there's a master list that I know that these ones are out there. I just sort of stumble upon them and. They're amazing. I mean, Honest Ed's is another one. He used to do these commercials that were really uh, as cheap as the as the material in his shop, <laughs> and uh, he's in them. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Ed Mervish is in them, and he's he has these horrible puns, and I come across them every once in a while, and they're always gold. Like they're always amazing. So that's awesome. And are there any that you you know? you know, are kind of on your list, but you haven't been able to track down yet? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Like, for years and years and years, our most wanted was this commercial uh, for McCain Fruit Punch that had Roberto Alomar in it. I okay, you yeah, were, yeah. You know, Catch the Taste, yeah. right? And uh, 
I never, I, it was the weirdest thing because everybody remembered it and it felt like it was on every commercial break for like years and years and years. Right. And it never, it just never showed up. And we sort of thought that's probably lost to, to time. And then one day out of nowhere, this guy sends me uh, a digital uh, rip of it and says, here you go. And so that was kind of like, oh, do we, Set you know, do we close down the shop now? Because that was kind of <laughs> like the most wanted, right? But uh, no, I mean, it, it's always changing, right? Because you know, you find out about things. I also I do a lot of writing for the Star and Blog To and Toronto Life, and it gives me an opportunity to interview yeah. and track down some of the people that were involved in making these shows or commercials. And you know, the, everyone's got these amazing stories, and they'll tell me about, oh yeah, there's this thing, and so I'm constantly finding out about things yeah. that I didn't know about. So yeah, it's it's an it's an evolving project that way. Well, okay, so let's talk about the writing then a little bit. What sort of writing do you do for those publications? So I mean, again, it's it's kind of doing a bit more of a deep dive on specifically some of these items. So. You know, a, a classic example is I, I found this tape that was uh, in a thrift store, uh, and it was a recording of the opening night of Skydome from mm-hmm. 1989. And I guess what had happened was the CBC had had put on this million dollar production uh, at Skydome, and it wasn't a sporting event. It was literally like a, a cabaret show with uh, Alan Thicke and Andrea Martin hosting. Whoa. So it's like the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, exactly. Or something. But yeah. it was so bad. I mean, it was like it was like something you would see in The Simpsons. Like it was really you would think that it was a satire, but it's not. And it's this like, was televised. It was televised. Wow. Okay. And you can tell that the CBC. <laughs> were probably so embarrassed that they buried it like 10 feet under because uh, the worst thing that happened was they open up the sky dome and it's pouring rain, right? right. And you could tell that they were kind of like, do we do it? Do we open it? But of course, it's the whole thing is the opening of the sky dome. So they got to open the dome. Yeah. Everybody gets soaked. There's all these people in exotic costumes and the costumes are getting wrecked and people are trying to sing and they're worried about the equipment, you know, blowing up on stage. So it's this total disaster. Um, and anyways, I, you know, put that up online, uh, ended up writing a big article for Blog TO about it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, every single year when there's the Jay's home opener, that article sort of comes back and <laughs> gets traded around and I yeah. get invited to go on, uh, you know, commercial radio and talk about it. And, yeah. you know, I feel bad because clearly the people that made it would rather it was not talked about. Right. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love finding out the stories behind some of these things and the people that are still around. So did the writing come about because of Retro Ontario? Yeah. So I had, you know, the the editor of uh, Blog TO, a good friend of mine, Derek Flack, uh, reached out to me, I guess, about five or six years ago and mm-hmm. said, you know, we love what you do. Would you want to do sort of more uh, pieces about the stories behind these shows? And right. said, absolutely. And then that kind of led to, you know, led on. And it's been awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet these people. Well, I think that that is leads to an interesting sort of discussion about just following your passion because I assume that you kind of put this stuff up as, as a lark or whatever and didn't really think much of it and now it's kind of not only has it become you know a cross-platform thing but you're getting writing gigs out of it and it just sort of just because of something that you <clears throat> excuse me that you love what were you doing prior to to all this like how What's my day job? Yeah. Um, so I've I've been in publishing for a long time. I published a kids magazine in the early 2000s. It was sort of pop culture slant. Okay. Um, and I'm also a producer. So I worked on a lot of shows as well. So I, I kind of knew the industry. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't like it was a huge uh, transition to start doing stuff like that. But so d- did those 
did that job and those contacts kind of help you get at some of the stuff that yeah. you wouldn't normally be able to oh absolutely track and, down? absolutely and i think you know once you are calling somebody and saying uh, you know i'm i'm calling from the toronto star yeah. you know do you want to talk about this they're a lot more likely to respond than if you say oh i have a blog or i have a website and you know do you want to talk because you know some people are kind of like how do you know about this stuff like, oh, oh yeah it's a bit weird right like somebody did a canadian tire commercial 30 years ago they're probably not thinking about it in 2017 yeah yeah but they get a call from ed and it's like yeah let's talk about this this is really interesting yeah as a podcast host i know a thing or two about people not wanting to talk <laughs> to me <laughs> no it, it, i mean even just working at buns i think helps if, if it, it's it's some sort of known commodity it's a it's a good way to to get your foot in the door i think and then uh then things will happen or whatever but okay so what's next for for retro ontario what are the plans for the future so you know what it's it, the scope of the project has certainly gotten a lot bigger i think we we've started to migrate from these sort of garage sale tapes home recorded tapes into more being a little bit more of a professional archival company where we will go to a broadcaster you know, we will go to a CTV or a chorus and say, look, you know, you've got this warehouse of stuff. You don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to monetize it. Yeah. We can come in. We can basically give you a quote on what this stuff is and why it's valuable and why you should be uh, exhibiting it, even if it is, of course, going to be online. Yeah. Because um, I think these bigger corporations are obviously quite savvy now to the importance of YouTube, say, in, in their bottom line. You know, right. they're, they're monetizing their content. They know there's a huge appetite for more content. You're never going to run out of stuff. Mm -hmm. So why not uh, transfer these old tapes and, and turn them into some digital gold? Definitely know? nostalgia is a currency these days. Oh, my goodness. I mean, like you were saying, that you, you read the papers about what are the new shows, what are the new films, and it's either a reboot or a remake. And, it, you know, a lot of things, you know, I just heard the other day, The Littlest Hobo is coming back. You know, Whoa. That's, that's a no-brainer, man. That never should have gone away. I mean, yeah. it's like the most basic. Canadiana um, so all that's like Little House on the Prairie too right Didn't oh I? I mean take your pick it's it's kind of like what is old is new that's never going to change it, it is an absolute currency so yeah so the real question though is is when's the Retro Ontario Film Festival? Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I hadn't hadn't thought of doing a, a live event, but that would be really cool. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, screening of some of the stuff. And I'm sure that there'd be people, you know, you could get a room filled people together and all sit around and laugh at, uh, or not even just, it's not all funny, but like, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think that's enjoy. a big part of it. We, you know, we actually did a night at the Royal, uh, the movie theater, um, oh, wow. college, um, that was a launch for uh, a book that came out last year by Christopher Ward, which was about the first 10 years of much music. Mm -hmm. And we showed all, basically all of our old retro much music clips. And we yeah. had some of the old VJs. So we had like Master T and oh, wow. Ed the Sock and, you know, all those people. They would come up on stage and, and talk and answer questions. And I mean, it was so dope. It was like, yeah, we should totally be doing this every week. Yeah. But as you can imagine, it's putting, organizing these things, making them that sort of stellar is difficult. But it was a full house. Yeah. People were super into it. So, yeah. Well, if you ever want to start a searching for Richard Simmons esque podcast, <laughs> where we where we go try and hunt down Mike Bullard, I am uh, I, I'm totally in. I was trying to think of a, a obscure Toronto TV personality. Well, Mike Bullard, he's pretty not obscure. I mean, he's he, he's in the news a bit late, not for good things. Oh, but, really? 
I he got a restraining order put against him recently. Oh shoot. Okay. Well. Okay. So Mike Bullard shows off the table. <laughs> I feel like Jono from Jono Vision. He's still doing. He's around. You see yeah. him at the Jays game once well, in a while. He's still doing the uh, Trailer Park Boy stuff too, isn't he? I don't. I don't think he does Trailer Park Boys anymore. But he does do Canadianity with Jeremy Taggart. That's an amazing podcast. I don't know if you ever checked that out. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's good. It's you know, it, it's kind of like the same vibe. Is that they're all about celebrating these kind of weird Canadian mm-hmm. things that the sort of major popular culture is ignoring right, right. now. So whether it's Pokeru or you know uh, Heather Conkey or like just weird things like that. Well, if you ever get your hands on the anti gravity room, that's like oh, that's my bread and butter right I there. I have lots of anti gravity. You know, I'll tell you a funny story about anti gravity room. Is oh yeah, I, please. I got to work with the creator and producer of anti-gravity room this guy chris a good friend of mine now yeah and uh you know that show started that was the only show uh that ytv ever made money on because it was sold around the world really yeah and it had a huge following in america because it was shown on the science fiction channel there yeah which is now known as sci-fi and that's why PJ Phil, because he was a host of it, yeah. uh, is known when he goes down to San Diego Comic Con. Like people know who he is. Oh, that's amazing. not because of being PJ Phil, but because of the Anti Gravity Room. Yeah. And you know, I look through that show now, and I think, man, it was so ahead of its time. I mean, that was before the sort of underground uh, comics and science fiction before that became a big thing in yeah. Hollywood it was like that was the only show that if you were into that kind of stuff that was speaking to you yeah you well know? that's why I bring it up for sure because um, yeah it definitely uh, highlighted nerd culture before nerd culture was like a, a thing that people cared about or tr- were trying to make money on and it was all the things that I still love comic books video games movies whatever and it just a bunch of nerds talking their stuff. So it's, oh my uh, god! And and the interviews. I mean, they managed to interview a bunch of people that are sadly no longer with us. And yeah. you know, my my question to to the rights holders of that was always, you know, I understand some of the interstitial stuff and the graphics. They look a little bit nineties. Yeah. But you could go back and basically clip out the interviews, mm-hmm. and you could repackage them, or you could host them online. I mean, th- there's a huge amount of re- relevant content right there. So. Yeah. Well, especially especially now. Now that you know every blockbuster everything is somehow comic related these days absolutely yeah, yeah. so are there any designs for you because you said that you're a writer to write a, a book based on all this stuff uh, oh my god i would love to the the one sort of great white book i would love to write is about uh local kids shows because you know it's something that we all remember it doesn't matter how old you are you there's that special time in your life sort of between when you first start to become conscious of the world so i'd say around like two mm-hmm. so when you're like 10 yeah you know and everything you see in in those eight years it just it, it goes into your psyche it welds to your psyche oh yeah and whether it's like the theme song of a kid show or the puppets or the actors or whatever, it sort of becomes who you are. Yeah. And we had so many in, in that era, sort of seventies to nineties, um, amazing programs, whether it was polka dot door or Mr. Dress up or friendly giant or, uh, elephant show or today's special. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And again, I look at America, I look at uh, Europe, and they do this phenomenal job of celebrating these things. And, and there are books and documentaries and films about it. Right. But for whatever reason, there's nothing in Canada about that. Yeah. So 
that is something anytime I've written about those those kind of things the numbers are just insane you know well if you ever need someone some help doing a deep dive into either ghostwriter or <laughs> are you afraid of the dark are you afraid of the dark you got my information <laughs> well, you must have been a big fan of the the dark night on YTV which was every halloween they yeah. would they would marathon are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps and yeah and they had that one weird show hosted by a, by a, by a cockroach or something Freaky stories. Freaky stories. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, no, man. I mean, you know, you could talk about this stuff all day, right? Everybody remembers their own stuff that scared them or that inspired them. Yeah, yeah. You really got me going down uh, the nostalgia train right here. Okay, so last question before I let you go. What sort of obs- uh, suggestions for obscure media do you have that we should check out? I mean, things that people might not have remembered from back in those days. Um, there's so much. I mean, the one I guess that keeps coming up is there was a program. It was only on for one year. It was only on from 1980 to 1981, uh, in Toronto. It was called the all night show. And again, it sounds very strange to think that this was a big deal, but back then all the channels signed off, right? At midnight, go to bed, stop watching TV. We'll be back in the morning. The first, very first channel in Toronto that decided, you know, forget this, let's broadcast all night was a channel called CFMT. They're now known as Omni. Mm-hmm. People might remember Channel 47, Cable 4. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. their famous jingle. And they got this guy uh, who was called Chuck the Security Guard. And the idea was that at, when the rest of the television channel went home, he went into the studio and took over, took control of the cameras. And he would talk to the camera and he would show episodes of like The Twilight Zone and he would show weird old horror movies. And he would have bands come on and play. And it was like the first kind of real like punk rock thing that Toronto did on television that was badass. Cool. And young people, like I was even too young. I only found out about this, you know, in the last sort of 10 years. But it, it became apparent to me that the people who lived through that, it was like, wow, this is the future of television. Like having a personality, hosting, yeah. um, breaking the rules, being punk about it. And it is just everything I see from that. I'm like, man, this was so ahead of its time. And, you know, nobody really, other than the people that were there, nobody knows about this. So, you know, I have a bunch of clips of it on my channel uh, along with a bunch of other cool stuff. But I would recommend the all night show. The all night show. Chuck the security guard. So dope. It's like the Canadian version of Mr. Mystery Science Theater. Exactly. It was it was like 20 years before Mystery Science sort of got its due. And they were they were doing it. And I'll tell you. A very uh, well-known actor got his very first gig doing voices on the all-night show. Yeah. It was a guy from Scarborough uh, by the name of Jim Carrey. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely got to check that out. I actually have one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of time. Yeah. Do you have any clips of Sinbad as a genie? Um, I know about this. This is the... Uh, uh, Mandela, the effect. Mandela effect. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking a lot about this because, yes, there. I don't have Simbad, <laughs> but but there are things that I remembered being a certain way. Yeah. That I look at now, and I, you know, with Berenstein Bears or whatever. Not that one, but you know, maybe that there is something to this Mandela effect, and, and, and I don't know if it's. I, to me, it's equally interesting whether that is a real thing or whether it's this like mass. Uh, sort of mis uh, mis memory that we all have of specific things. Yeah. Um, either way, it's a fascinating concept. I totally remember the Sinbad genie movie. I mean, like everybody else, I feel like I can see the poster in my mind. I can see the videotape on the blockbuster wall. Sure. 
but no, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to exist. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure that there's there's a lot more that as you start digging more and more into these things from uh, from our past, the way that you remember them versus the way that they actually are, probably some of it just vastly different. That's why I'm so enamored by by all this stuff, and I keep thinking back to uh, I'm mind you, I don't rem- remember it that well, but. Um, all the clips of the uh, of the VJs, like uh, what was the guy's name on the new VR? Oh uh, God. Anyway, doesn't matter. My, I'm I'm just obsessed with all the stuff that happens in between shows. Because, of course, yeah. Like like I said, that doesn't really. I don't. I can't even think of one channel that does that anymore. Really. No, I mean, I guess a lot of people try and say that, you know, YouTube is the home of this now, and you have vloggers. But it's a totally different beast, right? Because a vlogger is 100% focused on their brand and what they're talking about. Sure. The VJs back in the day were kind of spinning their wheels between these other bigger programs that the studio, uh, the station paid a lot of money for. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say that because, you know, I got a chance to look through the Much Music archives when we were programming that night. And, you know, of course, everyone wants to see when, you know... uh, you know, Twisted Sister visited Much Music or when, uh, you know, uh, No Doubt visited 299 Queen. They always look for the big stuff. I'm more interested in those like random like Tuesday night at one in the morning. What was Ed the Sock doing? Like right. what crazy stuff was happening, you know, between commercials? Yeah. Um, but it's very hard to pinpoint that because nobody took a took a record of it and yeah, said, yeah. That, you know, keep this. This is this is important. Right. So. But I guess as the channel grows, you have more and more Internet detectives out there looking for you kind of being like hey this thing can i tell you a funny story about that yeah okay so you know i get a lot of requests right i get a lot of people that email me and they say can you do you remember this thing and you know usually it's a very vague description and you know i'd say my hit rate is probably 50 percent sometimes i love to help people out with these things that's pretty good though 50 percent. it it is pretty good I'm, i'm pretty proud of that but the one that i kept getting that was like stumping everybody and i get like it felt like once a week i would get somebody asking me do you remember a show about a, a silver robot who was walking around in downtown Toronto and riding on the TTC and trying to learn how to speak English. Whoa. And I thought, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea what it is. Um, and so I started to put uh, calls out to people saying, does anybody know what this is? Like this sound, nobody could really remember when they said, maybe it was 80s, maybe it was 90s. And slowly started to piece together that it actually was a show that aired on TV Ontario, and it was meant for ESL students, so it was people that were learning English. Whoa. And the craziest thing was the guy who played the silver robot was Billy Van, and Billy Van was this amazing actor, and his most famous show was The Hilarious House of Frightenstein, where he played like Dracula and the Wolfman right, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. characters. Great and show. So, yeah, and, and he's one of these people that like anything he did is gold. So that made it even more like elusive and we got to find we got to find this. And so went to TVO. No, we wiped the tapes and it's not the kind of thing that people would have recorded because I guess it was on at weird times and it was used in classrooms. And then I got a, a guy who wrote me and said, you know what, there's there's still a VHS tape of this. It's at the University of Ottawa. So then I had another guy who was a big fan of Retrontero that lived in Ottawa. And I said, look, man, are you up for a caper? You know, can you get into the University of <laughs> Ottawa and like, get this tape? Yeah. And he's he's on it. So you know, I don't want to curse it, touch wood, but hopefully soon we'll be able to premiere this insane robot show. Oh, that's amazing. So keep your eyes open for that. Where do people check this out? 
Uh, you can just check out youtube.com uh, backslash Retro Ontario or our own website. Is that website. two O's? Uh, it's one. Yeah. It's one. We, important to... Very important distinction. distinction because two O's looked kind of weird. It yeah. looked like a food or something. But uh, also retroontario.com yeah. is where we have a lot of stuff. So yeah, hope to see you there. Awesome. I decided that our podcast is going to be searching for Mr. Mo. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's an awesome one. Yeah, yeah. that's I pretty d- obscure. I, I feel like we could find Darren Jones, but Mr. Mo, I don't know what happened to uh, that guy. Yeah, that's a big one. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming in. I hope that uh, you come back when you have uh, the book ready or the uh, you know the movie night or what what have you. But uh, yeah, this is great. Music this week is by a band known as the Cardboard Crowns. I haven't listened to it yet, so I am very curious. Looking at their website, they all look like Jughead from not Riverdale, but from the original Archies. They're all wearing those uh, those cardboard crowns, but it looks fucking badass. So I strongly suggest that uh, you check these guys out at www.thecardboardcrowns.com. Here is some music for your ears. I'm so tired, I just want to lay down my head. You're talking so fast, I couldn't catch a single word you said. Except the days go by, yes, the days go by, yes, the days go by. Oh, I'm so tired, I just want to lay down my head Why don't I want it, don't I want it Why don't I want it, don't I want it He's been in my head and from this world got not a sink Can't even tell what I mean is still not with what I think Well, the days fly by, the days fly right on by, by, by Well, I'm so tired, I just want to lay down Yeah.